well, we already had church, so you're dismissed. Nope, you're not. Not yet. Um, but soon. Um, I really feel like God has just been speaking some stuff to me, and, um, and I get the opportunity and privilege to share it this morning. As I was preparing for this message, I in the morning, on Sunday morning, whenever I get opportunity to, to speak, I always say, God, what are you like? Like, what are you saying about this? What do you want to speak about this? And, and, um, and you know, the Lord, he said, as the father, I'm in you. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I know that he's like, no, he's like, you know, that the Holy spirit lives inside of you, but you separate it so much that you don't realize that as the father, God, I'm in you. And it was like this, I, I, I know it's so simple, but this really weighty revelation as I was getting ready. And the Lord said, I'm good. And I'm like, I know you're good, but I'm in you. I'm good and I'm in you. Okay, all right. And he said, and I have, my will for you is good. And I said, yeah. And he's like, and my will is in you. And I was like, okay, like, I always see the goodness of God as something that's outside of me, that I'm finding, or the will of God is outside me, and I'm finding it, or I'm searching for it. And the Lord was like, it's not outside of you. I'm in you. God is in you. And not just the Holy Spirit. See, we separate these parts of who God is, and and we say, you know, Jesus is my Savior, God is my Father in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is my comforter, my helper, the one who lives inside of me. But when we over-compartmentalize and we separate, we miss this huge thing that God the Father, in all of his goodness, in all of his greatness, is in each and every one of us. And I was so rocked by just that this morning. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to just um, talk about who you are and where you are and how you are and how you love. And I pray every word would be just from from you, God, and every word would be received on hearing ears that long for you, God, in our lives. In Jesus' name. Um, you know, Zach was, we were talking about what I was going to share this morning and he's like, well, I'm going to sing this song with Sarah and, um, talking about how good and close God is. And I was like, yeah, but I, you know, I've talked about that before and you talk about that. And, and, and he looked at me, he's like, just, just search it out, just find something. And, um, on Wednesday we were, um, we were sitting at a coffee shop, a really, really cool coffee shop downtown. I like it a lot. Um, and he put on our prayer network on Facebook to um, just pray for us because we were preparing for the weekend services. And it was like your guys' prayers. I just want to say this. Prayer is such a real intangible thing. Sometimes we miss because we are not willing to just take a moment 
and hear what God is saying and receive what he's doing. It's such a real thing. But I was so energized. It was almost like the clarity of heaven. I was like, I have never experienced like I was in the scripture and it was like illuminating, like the like the light of God was on the word of God. And and that's so you guys. So thank you for your word and the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I long to be the kind of person that um, that knows where God is at every single moment, you know. You, you go into a church or you walk around your city or you spend time with your kids. And I want to know the, the moment, like, where is God at right now? What's he doing right in this moment? And I want to be the kind of person that knows where he is and knows what he's doing. And, and I think that if we understand that he's right here, our awareness of him becomes a reality and then it becomes our, our present um, moment where we can really see what he's doing. I was reading Colossians, and it was just, I, it was almost like I never read the scripture before my whole life. Now, I've been a Christian for a really long time. And I, I, um, I spent a few years just being really honest where I couldn't even read the Bible. I had such a wrong perception of who God was, that I literally had to stop reading the Bible. That might be a word for some of you in this room. If every time you look in scripture, you don't see his goodness and his glory revealed to you, you need to put it down and find Jesus. I know that that's a little hard. We're in church and we love the Bible. (laughs) I love the Bible. But sometimes if, if my perception of who God is and, and, and my filter and, and the glasses of theology I put on don't reveal a good father, then I need to rethink what I'm looking at. So I went a few years without even being able to look at scripture because of how it was shown to me early on in my walk with God. And every time I looked at it, I saw God as angry or judgmental or far or just like not loving Rochelle, you know? And I finally come to a place in my walk with God where I can look at scripture and find such treasure and glory in the words of truth that are in the Bible. So I was reading Colossians too, and it was almost like I had never read Colossians before. Now, I've read it before, but it was so illuminating to me, and I want to read it with you. Um, in the message, and I think we have it if you want to follow along, because I'm going to read it in a different version. Let's start in verse 2. It says, I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. <laughs> this is the words of Paul, and he's writing to this church, and he says, I want you woven in the tapestry of love to know everything there is to know about God. Then you'll have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, on Christ, God's great mystery. Man, I want to have a focused mind that sees Jesus the way I'm supposed to. All the rich 
richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. We've been shown the mystery. I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase after so-called mysteries or, quote, the secret. I'm a long way off, true, and you may never lay eyes on me, but believe me, I'm on your side. I'm right beside you. I am delighted to hear, and this is Paul talking. He's talking to the church. I might not be with you in person, he's saying, but I'm with you in spirit. See, we have people in our life, they might not be able to walk alongside every step we take, but they're with us. Just like on Wednesday when you guys were praying, you weren't there in that coffee shop with me. Your heart was with me. I'm delighted to hear of the careful and orderly ways you can conduct your affairs and impress with the solid substance of your faith in Christ from the shadows to the substance. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You've received Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. You've, you're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. good and let your living spill over into thanksgiving watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk they want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything you guys understand why i was reading this and i was like where has this been all my life right yeah right there right in the word they They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spiritual beings, but that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, the fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, you're already in insiders, not through some secretive initiation right, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. So good. Okay. So what is this? How do we stay woven in this tapestry of love? First, we have to understand the mystery that's been revealed is in Jesus. See, so many times, especially in in some of our charismatic circles, we're relying on these mysterious ways to find God. Seven secrets to the kingdom of heaven. You know, 16 mystical ideas about what scripture says whatever whatever it is the mystery has been revealed the mystery is jesus 
that somehow mystically he included all of humanity when he stretched his body on a cross. But the reality that he's so right here with us, the mystery that of the Trinity that it's a father and a son and a spirit and before the foundation of the world and their communion, they decided that they wanted to be with you and me. The mystery that they're three in who they are, but one in, or one in what they are. It's God. The mystery that God's not out there while Jesus is standing in front of him so I don't get hurt by him. And the Holy Spirit's trying to tell me what to do so I don't do something wrong. That they're all with me. Walking with me. Leading me into victory. The mystery that's been revealed is Jesus. There's not a secret. It's right here. It's so clear in scripture. It's like... The mystery is Jesus. In just a few verses before in Colossians 1.15, it talks about how Jesus is the exact image of the Father. What does God look like? Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's so revolutionary for me because I always saw, um, I'm, a, I'm a woman, I'm a female, if you didn't know, hopefully you did. <clears throat> and I... I love powerful and free women that have the right heart and motive. Um, I have a very huge issue with the current feminist movement, huge issue in my own heart, and I'm not going to preach on politics, but when you wear an outfit that says abortion all over it and that's what you're fighting for, I'm sorry, you're fighting for the wrong thing. See, we had some women that went before us and and some of you are in this room that said, I just want to be heard. I just want my voice to be heard. And I don't want to feel second class to anybody. You know what I see in Jesus? I see the biggest um, fighter for women in the history of the universe. In a tradition when women were not even counted or included in numbers when they recorded it in scripture, Jesus stopped and sat with them. Even called them his apostles. There, there's 22 named apostles in scripture and at least two of them are women. At least one of them for sure is a woman. So, so Jesus called apostles women and had them lead churches. What? I remember a few years ago, uh, my cousin Jenna, she, uh, she's not here, she's in Texas, but she posted a picture. She's like, my cousin's my favorite pastor. I love her so much. And, and she had one of her friends get on, on, their, on her Instagram or whatever and be like, um, women aren't supposed to be pastors. Jesus said they could. Okay, I don't know why I'm talking about that. <clears throat> but I see Jesus, and over and over and over again, 
You know how many account encounters he had with women? And he met them in their most broken, vulnerable place and called them beauty, turned their ashes and made it beautiful, called them higher, saw the treasure inside of them. I mean, you're talking, we're talking about prostitutes and outcasts, barren women, women that have suffered years and years and years of trauma and, and um, physical ailments. He stopped every single time. Jesus was the biggest feminist <laughs> in an accurate pers- perspective of what that looks like. He called us. He loves us. And so sometimes my picture of who God is is this distant, this, um, like, I've muddled it with shadows of, of what men have looked at me like or, or how they've left or how they've mistreated or how they've abandoned and abused. And, and somehow I've put that picture of the father, but Jesus somehow loves me because he's Jesus. There is no difference. Jesus reveals the father. God is not this distant, angry man ready to judge. He is a loving Papa who says, I love you so much that before I even created humanity, I decided in my own heart to include you all in this thing called love and life and earth and wholeness and the beauty of what it is to live. He decided that you and I needed to be in him. The mystery that's revealed is Jesus. I'm going to read this portion of this book from an early church father. And he talks about um, Eugene Jolly. He talks about what the mystery is. A mystery is not a wall against which you run your head, but an ocean into which you plunge. A mystery is not might. It is the sun. It's not night, I'm sorry, it is the sun. So brilliant that we cannot gaze at it, but so luminous that everything is illuminated by it. That is the mystery of who God is, revealed in Jesus. So first, for us to understand what it's like to live in this tapestry of love, to know where he's at every moment, to be woven in him where I don't know where he ends and I begin. I have to understand that God is fully revealed in Jesus. God is fully revealed in Jesus. The second thing I see or whatever, the first thing, I I don't know why I put this as number one on my notes, but that's fine. I think we live Christ. In verse 6, it says, my counsel for you is simple. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Jesus Christ, the master. If we've received Jesus, the master, live him. Live Christ. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Do what you've been taught. School's out people of God. Your pastor diligently 
ministers the scripture to each one of us and tells us the love of God perfects us in all things. Yet sometimes we still forget who we are. We walk around getting offended or hurt or not living the way we're supposed to. The charge here is if you want to be woven in the tapestry of the love of God, just live Christ. Live Christ and him crucified. He finished the work. Stop, keep, stop trying to do something in your own. He finished it. He gave you everything you need for life and godliness. Live it, people of God. Let us just live it. Live Christ. We know him. Now be deeply rooted in him. Start living it and then... The last part, I love this part. This is something I, I talk to my kids about all the time. Live thankful. In the end of verse 7, it says, let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Thank you for a beautiful city, a wonderful church, a community of people that love you. I get to thank God for five beautiful kids that they will serve the Lord every day of their life. For a wonderful marriage and a husband who fights for love. He doesn't fight with me. He fights for me. It took him a long time, so. I, I meant that in a, in a way that it took me a long time to really receive the love that he gave. That's actually what I really, that's what I really meant. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I was going to say too, men, if you're single or, or newly married or in a relationship, learn to fight for the one God has for you. The love fight is worth it. It is. The second thing I see from um, verse 8, sorry. Live sober-minded. You know, um, there's a scripture that talks about the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He doesn't know what's coming or going. He doesn't know what wind is blowing. He lets himself be just carried away by all the cares of the world that don't matter. Be sober-minded. Having the mind of Christ, not given easily to arguments. <laughs> Including Facebook. I'm just saying. <laughs> not like I haven't been there, Okay. I want to get on all kinds of people's pages and be like, I know the truth. Let me just say this. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I was at a meeting the other day of my kids at school, and there's some stuff I know about being a pastor about a certain situation, and, and I was so tempted to say something, and I didn't. And Zach's like, you didn't say anything? I'm like, no, I feel like I would have abused the that thing where I know something because of my position at church and it's not anybody else's business. So I kept my mouth shut, surprisingly. 
Thank you, Jesus. Now, going back to old covenant mindsets. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and this person's like, I, I've heard every message. I've read every book, and somehow I still think God is judging me for every little thing I do. And I was like, as old covenant mindset, we need to be sober-minded, to be renewed in our mind and in our faith, to know what his word says. He's not judging. He's loving. But sometimes it feels like judgment. His love does when we're turned away, I think. Not living prejudicial. See, when Paul was reading the scripture and he was talking to this church, I mean, when he wrote the scripture, he was talking to a church that was finding their way between old Jewish traditions and receiving the, the, the Greek people that didn't understand tradition or legal or the legal things at all. He was trying to bridge a gap. So he was saying, it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or uncircumcised. None of those things matter. What matters is that you understand what Jesus did. The ritualistic things don't matter. What matters is if you understand what Christ did. So he's bridging the gap between these two mindsets. And so many times, even in churches, we allow ourselves to, um, to be prejudicial towards people that don't think the way we think. To be prejudicial towards people that don't look the way we look or have the same culture that we have. And instead of just being able to come under and receive from the larger body of Christ, we judge, we criticize. And that's exactly what he's saying to this church. Don't allow yourselves to be prejudicial. You cut yourself off from the larger body of Christ. You know, sometimes we take our children when we get to go on vacation, we take them to experience other forms of worship and other cultures of Christianity. Because I don't want my kids to think that our church, even though I love our church and I think our church is the best church, our church is not the only church. It's not the only church in our city. It's not the only church in our, in our, in our culture. It's not even the only box of Christianity that we might find ourselves in. The larger body of Christ is beautiful. And the charge to us is that we would look and not be prejudicial with our mindsets and with our ideologies and with our cultures. See, there's so many people that come in even into our church, and, and I have years been apologetic. Um, are you going to visit my church? Okay, let me just warn you. We really, really love Jesus. I don't need to apologize anymore. I don't need to feel ashamed or afraid of what God is doing in our midst. I just need to let you know this is a different expression of the body of Christ you might not be familiar with. But don't let prejudice consume you so you don't receive the larger thing that God has for you. You know what I found? The most broken people extravagantly worship the most greatest. When you've been forgiven much, you love much. So don't ever condemn somebody's worship because you have no idea where they've been. Okay, last point, and I'm going to close because I'm going long, kind of. Am I okay? Okay. Live powerfully. I want to close with these verses. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly.
people of God. You don't need a pastor. You need a pastor. You don't need a pastor or a scripture or anything like that to let you know what God thinks about you. You are perfectly loved by your father. Okay, now let me just reiterate the fact. You need a pastor and people in your life, because if we don't have anybody in our life to question our God told me, then we've become our own God. So we need people in our life, but you don't need people to tell you that God loves you. One of the things, um, she's not in here, so I'll pick on her. Um, I, I tell my daughter all the time, my oldest, you know, at 17 years old, life comes at you in a lot of different ways, and you become unsure about a lot of things. I was 17 not that long ago. I promise it wasn't that long ago. <clears throat> and I tell her all the time, you cannot allow what one person thinks. Shake the foundation of who you know you are. Sometimes if we, when we live by the praises of men, um, I, I heard, um, I think it was Eric Johnson said, if you, or Bill Johnson said, if you live by the praises of men, you will die by their criticisms. So live powerfully. He found you. He found me. He made me. He's in me. He's in you. He's not far. He's, he's in you. It was this revelation, because I've always talked about how God is so close, and, and, and it was almost like God's like, I'm even closer than you've had the revelation of my closeness, because I'm inside of you. And then there comes a moment in your walk with God where I don't, I don't really know where he stops and I begin. Because I've just been so carefully woven into his tapestry that we're one. We're one. We're, we're one with the Father. I'm one with the Father. Can rest that Jesus did it. I didn't do it. I didn't pray some magical prayer or do some magical dance to get him to say, I want you in me. He did it. He pulled me out of whatever state I was in and he said, Come up here. did it all and the work he did included you and it included me in his heart that's all that matters that's it that's the end of the story but that's where it all begins who you are as a son and a daughter perfectly loved and included in the Father. That's where it ends. That's the end of the story. But that's where each and every one of our story begins. And I can live every day knowing I am woven in his love. And he and I are one. I'm one with him. 
it's this it's so beautiful but it's so changing of of the way i live my life and you know sometimes i'm i'm not perfect and i know all of you think that i am and it's so wonderful but i'm not perfect i yell at my kids i get mad on the road and do things that I shouldn't, I say things I shouldn't, and but it's not who I am. I am woven in his love. And my the greater my awareness is of the fact that he lives in me becomes my great reality. Becomes my great reality. receive or just to come and spend some time with the Lord, they're going to play and they're going to sing a little bit longer and I'm going to dismiss everybody else, but if you want to stay and just say, I need the, my present reality to match with what heaven is saying about me. And that, I, that that means I'm one with the Father. Then I want you just to come and, and we're going to minister. Let the Lord minister to you first, though. Father, I thank you so much for these precious people. I pray that we would understand how fully you love us and have brought us into your heart. You care about all the things. Your great love, God, your great love. So we receive that you are that it becomes each and every one of our reality. Each and every one of us would come into the reality that we are one with the Father. It's you and me, Papa. It's you and me in this place. There's a song that says, you and me in this space. I don't need anything around me. dismissed. You're dismissed. I love you. And visit our connect table and see Carla at the back or whatever. But I just want to open up this altar. God, meet us where we are. Let it be one with you. In Jesus' name.